We're trying to be intentional about being hope in the world. And not just as a whole church, but as individual people that you work, you live, you play with other people around you that haven't experienced what you have in Jesus Christ yet. And you know that they need to. Amen? I was driving up to work the other day. And I want to tell this story because it's, it's pertinent to what we're talking about even today. Is I was driving up to work. It was either Thursday or Friday. And I was just doing my normal deal, listening to uh, worship songs on the radio. I don't know what, Hillsong or something like that on my iPod. And I'm just listening and I'm listening to the lyrics. And it's one of those times when God just gets you. You ever had those moments where God just kind of speaks and he just kind of zaps you? I was just driving, minding my own business, trying to be cool, you know, whatever, on the way to work. And suddenly I'm listening to the lyrics on this song. And I just... I just get worked by the Holy Spirit, and I start crying. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, am I PMSing? What is going on? And I'm <laughs> driving, and oh, I just start crying. And it's like I'm listening to those words like I've never heard them before, and I really just sense God saying, Carl, do what you do well. Preach well. People need to know about me. Tell your people well. Train them to get out there in this world. The lost are suffering. They're in darkness. My heart is that no one should perish. Do your job well. Have a love for the lost. And I was just like, okay, God, you know, I'm crying, and luckily, my windows are pretty dark, and I got my shades on, so no one can tell me, and I just felt this overwhelming sense of, we better do what we do, and we better do it well, we better use this life to the fullest, and, and I know we're not all called to be major evangelists, and we're not all called to be pastors and missionaries, but whatever world God has placed you in, he's put people around you that need to know Jesus, amen, and you better do something about it, I just felt that, I was like, yes, we want to be hope in the world, but the way that we can be all about that is we need to really get serious and we need to have a plan and we need God's help for us to reach out to our friends because on our own, we're scared, we're timid, we're comfortable in our own little world that we're in and God wants us to really do something. So as we're getting serious as a church, I believe, in really being hope in the world, there's something that we're gonna um, enter into. That we're gonna, uh, there's something that we're gonna do together as a church. We're gonna get into a week of fasting and um, you guys, how many of you guys have experience with fasting ever before? You've tried fasting. How many of you guys, it's totally a brand new thing. You've never done it before. That's cool. Good. There's a lot of you guys. I hope to talk to you guys today and show you how important fasting is as a part of the, the normal Christian life. And there's nowhere in the Bible that tells us how often we should do it. But according to scripture, it's something that we ought to be doing. And there's reasons why. And we're going to be doing this together as a church. I'm hoping that we get majority buy-in that we all do this together because good things are going to happen but what fasting is all about it's a way for us to prove to God we're serious about being hope in the world that we're going to really be seeking you God to help us to empower us to prepare our friends and neighbors because we want them to know Jesus so here's here's the um, verse that I kind of took off today's message from is Matthew 7 7 where Jesus says this keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. And the reason I titled the sermon today Super Seeking is because I don't want us to necessarily get hung up on the word fasting. Because the word fasting is an action, it's a symbolism, and if we get hung up on that, we're gonna miss the heart of what fasting is all about. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say here? I want you to catch the heart of what fasting is for. Because fasting is about prayer, it's about seeking God. And I want you to realize this is beneficial to anybody, even if you're saying, I don't know if I wanna fast or not, you still, if you're in church today and you love Jesus, you still would consider yourself a seeker of God. And I want us to learn how we can become super seekers of God. So fasting is super seeking God for something. And that's what we're talking about. There's only one place in scripture where fasting is actually commanded. So that's why a lot of people kind of threw out the practice of fasting and go, ah, it's not really necessary for today. 
There's that one time in the Old Testament where God said, my people, the Hebrew nation, the Israelites, I want you to come before me on one day, the day of atonement. And I want all of you as my people to fast, to go without food so that you would focus on me for one day. And so we think, oh wow, there's only the one place. But here's what we see throughout the rest of the Old Testament, throughout the rest of the New Testament, is that Christians time and time again got into a time of prayer and fasting when they dealt with difficult times in their lives, when they're looking for breakthrough from the Lord, when they're just seeking him for dependence and trust. All the way through the New Testament, Jesus modeled it for us. All the way through, and what we see all the way from the start of the early church in Acts, down throughout history, centuries, Christians, a normal part of their life was going to the Lord in prayer and fasting for different amounts of time. In about 150 years ago, 150 to 200 years ago, uh, commentators would say, theologians would say, we kind of gave up on the practice of fasting in Christian churches. Now, some people still do it, but as a whole, it kind of wasn't as popular and people thought, maybe that's just a tradition of old. It's not really necessary. But what we're seeing now, and if you look around other churches as well, the past few years, there's been a resurgence of churches coming back to an amazing tool that God gave us to find breakthrough in our lives. And churches as a whole have been growing, have been going next level in their walks. Individuals have been getting healing, have been seeing miracles, have been seeing breakthroughs as we put back into practice one of the tools that God gave us. So um, I can tell you from personal experience, man, it, it changes your prayer life. It changes the results that come from I'm a normal seeker every day. God, I love you. I'm asking for certain things. To when I set aside time, whether it's a day, a couple days or whatever, and I'm just going, God, I just need you more than anything. I'm seeking, I'm looking for you. I'm expecting, I'm pressing in, I'm digging. You're gonna do something. And I can tell you the results are amazing. People's hearts change. I've seen situations get better. I've seen healings happen. I've, my own personal life, I'm getting more spiritually sensitive. I'm listening to God all the time. It's incredible. Here's how I see fasting is, have you guys ever been in a situation where you got so nervous that you couldn't eat? Can you guys think of it, anybody in here? Can you remember a time that you've been just like, you're dating someone new or something, you know, like my wife used to tell me, oh, when I first started dating you, you'd come over for dinner, I just couldn't eat. I was like, oh, right on, thank you. You know, I feel good, right? But there's a lot of times before service, I won't eat anything because I'm like, I just want to deliver your word well, God. I just want to make sure that your word comes to God. I don't need to eat. I'm not even thinking about food right now. I just want to focus on God. And there's times when I've been so nervous. There's times when I've been so excited because there's something about to happen. Anybody, you're so excited that you can't even eat. You know, my kids are like, Disneyland, yeah, we're going to see Mickey. And I'm like, eat your dinner. No, I'm going to see Mickey and I'm going to eat candy there. So I don't need food, right? And they just, they're so excited that they can't even eat. There's times when you're so focused on something that you just can't even eat. And it's the same time. I've even had the times in my life, you know, probably you have too, when you're hurting when your heart's broken, when you're grieving, when someone passed away or you're going through a tough circumstance and you're mourning and you're just like, you know what, I, I, I don't even feel like eating. I have no appetite to eat. Fasting is somewhat like that. And what it is is that we would be so hungry for God that we don't even need food, that we'd be so focused on God that we're just like, you know what, I don't even need to eat. right. Now. That's just a distraction to me right now because I'm after something. I'm after breakthrough in my life. How many of you guys would say right now, honestly, if you're to evaluate your lives, I'm not gonna make you share, but I'm just gonna say, how many of you would say there's something in your life right now that is a big, tough issue that seems impossible? Maybe you've been praying for it for a long time. Maybe you've given up on prayer altogether because it seems like it'll never get better. It'll never go away. You're looking through for a relationship to be fixed. You're looking for finances. You're looking for a job. You're looking for, I don't know what it is, but there's something in your life right now. If you could just say, there's big issues in my life. There's something I'm in. Anybody in the room right now? 
See, most of us, I think, in the room, we carry those weights with us. You guys like my Celtic symbol, by the way? It's St. Patty's Day. I'm showing it off. I'm proud. It's a tattoo in church. Sorry. Deal with it. <laughs> Just throwing it out there because I saw it in the corner of my eye, and, it's, and I'm Irish and everything. So anyways, my mind wanders. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But we're talking about fasting. We're talking about pressing into things of the Lord. I know. I'm sorry. I just distracted you. I'm so dumb. Um, but fasting, I believe, is for today, and I'm going to talk to you guys about it today. And I want you guys to take notes. I got a lot of stuff to say. I went through a lot of research on this thing this past week, and I believe in fasting all the more with all my heart. I was doing it already on a weekly basis. Every Thursday, our whole staff, we're praying or fasting. We're pressing into things for this church. We're looking for breakthroughs, and it's been going well. But when I started really reading about fasting and how many times it's in the Bible and what God thinks of it, my fasting changed this Thursday, and it's going to be changed from here on out because I learned some stuff and I'm excited to fast and I'm trying to convince you guys, take advantage of the opportunity our church is gonna be doing in a, in a week here. We're gonna be fasting. I wanna convince you to see how amazing it can be in your life. So let's look at a few things about fasting and I gotta catch up and make up some time here. But the first thing, look at your notes. I wrote, that's not fasting. I wanna be really clear what fasting is not. Let's just, let's define it really well. Number one, you can write this down. What is not fasting? It is not just meaningless religion. It is not just going through the motions to say, I'm a Christian and this is what we do. I don't really know what it means and what it does, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Can I just tell you that I hate that kind of religion? And I believe God hates that kind of religion. When we just go through the motions of anything and there's no heart or understanding behind it, you might as well not do it at all. You're wasting your own time. It's, it's not about religion with God. I'm going to tell you this again. I hate religion, but I love Jesus. I love the relationship that I have with the mighty living God that has saved my soul for all of eternity, that moves in my life on a daily basis with the power of the Holy Spirit, the love I feel from the Father. God, I love that stuff. I love Christianity, but to me, Christianity is not a religion, and we always say it. It's cliche. It's a relationship, but it really is. Fasting is not just something you go along with because your church is going along with it, or your friends are going along with it, or you read it, eh, it's probably something good. It's Fasting is something that's built on relationship. When I spend time with my family or my friends, I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I get to, because I have an amazing relationship with friends and family. So I'm gonna call them. I'm gonna hang out with them. I'm gonna spend time with them. Why? Because I value that relationship. We fast because we're working on the relationship with God, not because, oh, I have to do that thing. Does that make sense? So number one, fasting is not meaningless religion. Number two, what it is not, it's not for God, it's for you. That may at first sound a little bit selfish, like, what do you mean by that? No, that's, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to glorify myself. No, I'm not saying that. Here's what it means by it's not for God, it's, it's for you. By fasting, you cannot impress God. By fasting, you cannot make God think you're any holier than you already are. We got to establish this fact really quickly, is that when Jesus went to the cross and he rose from the grave for your sins, that's as holy as you're going to get. Does that make sense? You don't grow in holiness. It's what God did for you that makes you holy. It's not about works, right, so that no man can boast. It's about faith in God and the grace that he had that says, hey, you admitted to this. You believe in me now. So now you used to live in the world. Now you're set apart for holiness. You don't get holier. You continue in your life to please God and to live your life for him, but it doesn't make you any holier. He already forgives you and he already considers you holy. So when we fast, it's not like God is going, oh, now you look like more of a Christian, Carl. You're good job. You know, God's not, a, we're not impressing him. It's the fact that he's already made us holy and fasting is an opportunity for you to get to know God better, to grow in your faith, to have him meet your needs. It's an opportunity for God to shine in you. Does that make sense? 
you're not doing anything necessarily to impress God in this. And this is how I know this. Isaiah 58 verse 3 says, these are like the, the Pharisees, the hypocrites that fasted. They said, we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Right? They're calling out to God. How come you're not impressed? Look at how holy we are, God. Look at all that we're doing. We're fasting before you. How come you're not impressed? It says, we've been very hard on ourselves and you don't, you don't even notice. And then, it, then Isaiah responds for, for the Lord with this. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. What he's saying basically here is, you fast so that I can move in your life, so that you can get better, so that you can glorify me more. I wrote this down. Fasting doesn't make you look good to God. It makes God look good in you. It's about changing our identity and us getting better and God making us into the people that we need to be, but we're already holy enough. We're not impressing him with anything. He said that, like, yeah, big deal, you're fasting. You, you're not even changing your life. I want you to change. I want you to fast for life change, not just fast for a simple experience. So it's not, a, it's not for God, it's for you. Here's the other thing about fasting that it is not. It is not just a diet. Come on, people. So how many of us have used that excuse in the past? Like, trying to lose weight, yeah, I'm fasting. You try to make it sound all holy, right? And really your fast is like slim fast, right? It's not really a fast in the first. You're trying to lose weight. Well, just to let you know, biblically speaking, fasting has nowhere, nowhere, anywhere, any grounds in Scripture to do with losing weight and body image. Everywhere that we see fasting in Scripture is about spiritual breakthrough. It always goes hand in hand with prayer. It's never just about you losing weight. Of course, there's many scriptures that say your body's a temple, right? Take care of your body. Those are other, other scriptures. But when you refer to fasting, make sure that you're, you're talking about a spiritual breakthrough. So it's not a diet and it's not to manipulate God. Um, James 4.3 says, you don't get what you ask for because you have the wrong motives. It's not to manipulate him. It's not to say, God, I really want that car. So I'm gonna fast until you give me that car. That's a way that we sometimes lean on God and tell him to do what we want, right? But I found this in prayer. If my prayers don't line up with his plans and purposes, then I might as well not be asking at all because it's always got to be about what God thinks is best for my life. So I'm not going to fast to try to twist God's arm and to make him do something for me. I'm going to seek his will and I'm going to fast according to what his will and plans are for my life. So it's not to manipulate God. So here's, those are things that fasting is not. Here's what fasting is. And I, I titled it this. It's wholehearted super seeking. It's us going deep. It's James 4, 8 that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's us going, I'm not just gonna draw near in the regular common day to day. I'm going deep. I'm seeking him hard. I'm chasing him. Guys, remember when you were dating your, before your, it was your wife, your girlfriend, you chased her, right? You know you did, right? You were calling her, you were stalking her. You're like, that, I'm gonna make her mine. And you're calling her, you're doing everything you can. Remember that when you, you had that love for someone and you're just like, what are they doing? What are they, I wanna like follow them. I, I love this person so much. And it gets a little creepy, it can, right? <laughs> but you have this thing in you that says, I want to know that person and be with them so much that I'm willing to pursue them. I am wholeheartedly seeking out relationship with them. You guys remember that? Come on, remember, light the fire again. Remember those good old days. Oh, yeah, I remember I used to think that. Well, I'm here to tell you that with God, you need to be doing that on a regular basis as well because you can make, you can make your walk into religion and we don't want it turning into religion. So we got to pursue him. So here's what, what uh, fasting is. Number one, some of the things about it is Fasting has to do with food, plain and simple. Biblically speaking, the word in the Hebrew and in the Greek for the word fast or fasting simply says this, not to 
eat. It only has to do with food. Now, I know there's churches and people, and we've all said this, like, oh, I'm fasting from TV for this week, or I'm fasting from social media because I was getting too caught up in that and I need to focus on God, or, uh, you know, even me. There's times when I'm, I'm so into all the Christian authors and books that are out there, it's so good, and then there's times when God goes, why don't you just take five and focus on my word for a while? Oh, good call, God, that's good. And I'll do that, but here's the thing. I'm not allowed to call it fasting. The word fast only has to do with food. All those other things are good. There's times when you gotta like not play the video games and you gotta like, there's people I know they're like, I'm just gonna be single for a while. I don't wanna date anybody. I need to just get strong with God. That's awesome. That's good. Those are just spiritual disciplines. Those are just taking five. But when we're talking about fasting, fasting clearly only has to do with food. Okay, here's another thing about fasting. Fasting always, always goes with prayer. There's many places in scripture where you can pray without fasting, but there's nowhere in scripture that says you can fast without praying. Fasting in itself is a spiritual thing, that it's specifically saying, I'm going without physical food so that I can get hungry for God. Anybody wanna be hungry for God in this place right now? I wanna be hungry for God. So when we go to the time of fasting, it's specifically going, I'm purposely not eating stuff, so I'm getting off of my human and fleshly dependencies and desires and wants and all of that so that I'll remember to focus on the things of God so I can get hungry for God. Um, Jesus said it best in Matthew 5, 6 in the New King James Version. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Man, I wanna be filled. I want my life to be fulfilled, to have purpose, to know God to the fullest and I better be hungry for God. I better be seeking him out. Um, there's different reasons in scripture you know, when you would ask like, well, why would you fast? If anybody in here is going, what, when would be a good time, a, a proper time for me to fast? What needs come about? Well, in, in the Bible, there's different um, examples of it. And I'm gonna read you guys some of the examples in the Bible. You can go look them all up afterwards and go to our website and we've got a bunch of scriptures for you. But basic, here's basic reasons why people fast in the Bible. A lot of times it was just to show their dependence on God. God, I need you more and more. God, I've been trusting in myself kind of too much lately. I need to refocus. I need to trust you. So I'm gonna go to a time of prayer and fasting and seeking you. Dependence, trust. You can write these things down right here. Um, a time of mourning or grieving. You've ever lost a loved one or you're brokenhearted, you're hurting or you're, you're hurting for someone else, you'd go to God in fasting. That you need help. Many times in scripture, the armies were going out to do battle and they're saying, God, be on our side, fight for us. We need your help. We need your protection. People fasted for repentance. If you screwed up really bad and you're going, I'm too shame, I can't come to church, you know what, go to God. Go to church, that's where you should be because that's where you meet with God, but go to fasting. God, forgive me, I'm so sorry I let you down. But we see it was for comfort, it was for direction, and one of the reasons that we're gonna be fasting here next week is that it's a preparing for ministry, for being set apart for God's purposes. Paul and Barnabas, before they were set out as the world's first missionaries, that they were prayed and fasted over and they prayed and fasted themselves to say this, God, we wanna go be used by you. We wanna reach people for Jesus. We're gonna seek you that you would empower us, that you give us the boldness, the words that we need, that you would prepare the people's hearts that are out there, that, that they need to know you. Lord, we're seeking you so that this thing could happen. You know, one of the reasons why we're fasting, we're fasting as a church next week and I'm gonna tell you the details in a minute here. We're fasting as a church for two reasons. I want you to remember these two reasons, write them down. It's probably, it actually might be already in this thing right here, that we're fasting for two reasons. Number one is that we would be hope in the world, is that we would be able to bring our friends and family members and people we don't even know out there to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we would be a church that has a love for the lost, that God, we wanna be better 
at preparing ourselves to go out there and bring people in Easter Sunday, this whole year, doesn't matter when. We just want to be better at that, Lord. We want to have a love for the lost. And the second reason is this, that whatever personal breakthroughs, a little, a little while ago I asked you how many of you guys have issues in your life that you just really need to press into God for and you guys raise your hands. The second reason we're fasting is for personal breakthroughs in those areas. That people in the Bible at all times were saying, I need help, I need encouragement, I, I need protection, I need healing, I need all of these things, mourning, comfort, direction, all that. That's, that's us. And that the second reason that we would start fasting is, God, I want to pray for victory in that area, and I'm going to seek you like I never have before, and I'm expecting you're going to do something. Is that good? So we as a church are going to get into that, but it's all about seeking those things from God. Here's another thing about fasting is, fasting is a, a physical expression of seeking God wholeheartedly. It's a physical way of seeking God wholeheartedly. Jeremiah 29, verses 12 and 13 says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God's going, I care about the heart, you know. It's not just about lip service. It's not just about your mind and what you think. I care about where your heart's at because if I got your heart, I know I got everything, right? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And there's a verse in Joel, the prophet Joel, uh, chapter two, verse 12 and 13 says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He's eager to relent and not punish. See, the thing about fasting is it's a physical way to show God where our heart is at. It's just like worship. I don't know about you guys, but when I worship God, I make sure that it's an intentional, physical act for me. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm the pastor and I come in here and I could sit wherever I want. I could kind of, there's times that I like to be in the back and I like to see everybody else worshiping and just see what God is doing and moving and I like to see that. But I've found that sometimes when I sit in the back, I get distracted because I'm all stoked on everybody else and what God is doing and I'm like, oh, there's my friends, the back of their heads, you know, and I see there's my family and there's all oh, there's cool people. Oh, God's been moving in their life. It's so good. And so I watch you guys and that's cool. But here's what I found. That's distracting for me when it's worship because my mind is on you guys and other things and all of that. And so I've found that for me, I need to be intentional about my posture of worship if I wanna try to give my, God my whole heart in worship. And so what I do is I come right to the loud section, right in the front row, right where the bass is booming, the music's loud, no one can hear my terrible voice as I'm singing out to God. I can't even hear it. So you know what that does? That gets distraction of my voice out of the way, right? So I'm, I'm there and one of the things I also do when I worship is I raise my hands right? And I only do that in worship, and that's an actual uncomfortable thing to do, but it's an, the uncomfortableness of it reminds me that it's not about me. Does that make sense? It's humbling, because there's no way I would actually walk around in longs and be like, oh, there's a sale on milk. Praise God! <laughs> you know? It's weird, right? So, and it would be humbling and embarrassing, and it would be weird to do that in longs, right? But if I come to church, and I do that, and I'm front row, you know what it does? It reminds me to be humble, and it reminds me to look, where's your heart at? What are you willing to do for God? You're willing to give him praise and glory? Scripture says you can raise your hands, you can kneel, you can close your eyes, you can dance, you can lay prostrate on the ground, you can do all of this stuff as an expression to show God physically, this is where my heart is at. So when I come for worship, I close my eyes, you see me raising my hands, I do one hand, I like to mix it up a little bit, you know, one, two, whatever. But I'll get in there, I'll get on my knees if I have to, because you know what it does? It's not just for praising God, it's reminding and forcing me to check my heart. 
Where are you at, Carl? So fasting is one of those things that shows, look, God, I'm willing to sacrifice all of this stuff because you're more important right now. And yeah, I really wish I could eat meat and chocolate and candy and all that, but you know what? For this season, all I care about is you and I need more of you in my life because I'm hurting. I need breakthrough. I need something to happen. And God, I trust you. I don't trust everything else to make me feel comfortable. Is that good? It shows where your heart is at. And so this is one of the reasons that we fast. Um, here's another reason why we fast. Plain and simple, Jesus fasted and he assumed that we would too. That's a big one. If Jesus did anything and he tells us to model after him and he's the example, then we better do that. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River and then he went straight into a time of being in the, the wilderness, in the desert, 40 days and 40 nights where he was tempted by the enemy, but he fasted. He knew this. After he came out of his 40 days of, of fasting in the desert, it says one thing which I thought was cool. He was hungry. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> Jesus was hungry. But it says, from then on, it's when he went into Jerusalem and he started his public ministry. You know what that's an example of to me and you? Is if God's got plans for your life and he wants to use you and he wants to do big things in your life, you better prepare yourself spiritually. Jesus said, I need to go fast for 40 days and nights before I'm ready to go about the calling and the task that I have ahead of me that the Father has called me to. I better get ready. So if Jesus modeled it to us, how much more do we need to model this kind of thing? And not only did he model it to us, but look at Matthew 6, 16. The first part of that verse, I find this real interesting. It proves to me that Jesus assumed that we would be fasting too. He says to his disciples and his followers, not just the priests now, to the followers of Jesus. He says this, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. But here's what I want you to catch, that first phrase, when you fast. You know what Jesus is thinking? I expect all my followers are gonna be fasting from time to time. I'm assuming that this is part of the normal Christian life. When you fast, not if you fast, or, or you pastors, when you fast, he says to all of his disciples, when you fast, it's an assumption that this is part of the normal Christian life that we've gotten away from, and I'm starting to reap the benefits and rewards of it in my life, and I'm saying, church, let's go there together. You guys are gonna be so stoked and so blessed to kick it to the next level. Watch what God is gonna do in our church this year. Watch the number of new people that are gonna come because you've been fasting and praying for them. Watch the miracles that we're gonna start seeing and hearing on the testimony videos because you're gonna go into a time of fasting and praying and seeking God. Watch the breakthroughs he's gonna do. I'm guarantee, I'm calling you right now and I don't even claim myself to be a prophet. I am calling it right now I know for a fact, guarantee, my life, my money, whatever you want to put on the line, God is going to do some incredible things when we as a church come together, and I guarantee you there's going to be breakthroughs and miracles in here. You guys believe that? I can guarantee that that's going to happen because it happens in my own life. But Jesus assumed that it would be a normal part of our Christian lives. And I want to tell you this because we're going to talk about the fast that we're going to get into. There's no really exact, specific, right or wrong way to fast, Okay. In the Bible, we see it done all different ways. There's no exact specific length of time. There's no exact specific foods that you do or don't eat. It's kind of a thing about the heart. We get some ideas from Scripture. We're going to commit to it, but there's no specifics, and I think Jesus did that for a purpose. The Bible is written that way for a purpose is so we wouldn't get legalistic about it, so we wouldn't get so caught up in the legalism of this is how you do it, this is how you don't do it, that we lose sight of the heart behind it. You guys get what I'm saying right there? Is that we want to make sure it's all about the heart. So in Scripture... There's been times when people have done a total food and water fast, nothing intake in their body for short periods of time. Then there's been other times when people said, I'm not going to eat food, but I will drink juice or drink water still. Then there's been other times where they did partial food fasts, which I'm walking you guys into it slowly. That's what we're going to be doing, right? All of you guys that are scared when I said the word fast, you're like, 
we're not going to eat. No, I'm actually walking us into seven days of eating on a partial food diet. That means you'll still be getting full. Okay, how many can say amen to that? Oh, thank you. There's other churches that do the full Daniel fast. They do 21 days. Guess what? I'm starting us off at seven days. Come on, somebody say thank you, pastor. Thank you. We're we're a little unsure of this thing, right? We're going to walk into it slowly, but I'm expecting that we would make this an annual thing that we would do. I'm actually expecting that you guys are going to get so fired up on what fasting does for you, you're going to make it a common practice in your own personal lives. But anyway, there's no specific with how much food or whatever, so I want you to focus on that. There's different times in Scripture. There's, There's cases when they fasted one day, Day of Atonement. Ezra did a one-day fast. There's times of three-day fast. Esther did a three-day fast and called all of her people to join with her in a three-day fast. Paul did a three-day fast. Uh, David did a seven-day fast at the, at the death of his son. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did a 10-day partial fast on fruits and vegetables. Daniel then later does a 21-day fast, which we're going to be doing partial fast, not 21 days, but seven days, a partial fast, the Daniel fast. And then check this one out. Moses did the 40-day fast two times, right? That's Moses, though. He earned it, right? We saw him in Ten Commandments. That guy was pretty holy. But (laughs) Moses did it twice. Jesus did a 40-day fast once, and Elijah did a 40-day fast once. So you guys are getting off the hook with seven-day partial. Come on, like, don't complain now. We're going to go take it easy. But here's what I'm calling you guys to. Here's the, the heart of the matter. I'm calling that our church altogether would seek the Lord for those two things that I said. Number one is to be hope in the world, pray for salvations. Number two, whatever personal breakthroughs are going on in this church, I want this whole church to kick it into gear and go up a level in our spirituality and let God be God in our lives, amen? So we're gonna do this and we're gonna start Palm Sunday. We're gonna start our fast next Sunday, this coming Sunday, and we're gonna go all the way through all the way through the day that next following Saturday, and then on Easter Sunday, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna rejoice, we're gonna break our fast, and we are gonna grind on Easter Sunday, okay? We are gonna celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also the fact that, oh, we made it seven days on grains and vegetables. Awesome, God. But not only that, but God's gonna do stuff in our lives, so we're gonna celebrate. So that's what I'm asking you guys to do if you would join with me as a church. And we get the Daniel fast. The reason we chose the Daniel fast is there's a verse in Daniel chapter 10, verses one through three. It says this, in the, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. So Daniel goes, you know what, I'm hurting here. I got a vision that my people, my nation are going to be hurting. There's going to be war. There's going to be all of this hardship. And he's hurt. He's bummed. He's mourning. So it says this, when the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, 21 days. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine, crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. I'm asking this. We go on this partial fast, but I'm giving you the okay. You can still shower and put on cologne, okay? So we're not, we're not going all the way, Daniel, fast. We're going partial because it's just a common courtesy. But um, we're going on this Daniel fast. And there's been many people that have studied this verse and kind of they've made up basically what they, they in the original language, what did it mean to go on a f- partial fast? And they've come up with a diet. And we're going to go on one of the diet plans that we see that's a Daniel fast. It's the ultimatedanielfast.com. You can find information there. You got one of these in your um, bulletin today. It tells you the foods you can eat, you can't eat, all that good stuff, some recipes. You'll find more at our website or the, the Daniel fast website that we're going to be doing together. So how do we do the fast? We're going to be doing this fast, and it's partial. I want you to take note, if you will, on 
three things right now. I'm gonna ask you how to, I'm gonna help you how you prepare before the fast, what you should be doing during the fast, and how you should respond after the fast. I'm gonna try to give them to you real quick because these are all the questions that you say, I'm in, it sounds good, God's gonna move. What does it actually mean? What does it actually mean for my life? How do I do this thing? So I want you to make it count for all you can. So before, here's what I want you to do before in the preparation stage. As you prepare physically, mentally, and spiritually, write this down. First thing, prepare your food. You gotta be ready. You can't just start next Sunday and you got all these little Twinkies tempting you in the pantry and all that soda calling your name when you're like, wait, I'm supposed to only have water or 100% pure juice? Like, but look at that, you know? Before you get yourself ready to go into the fast, mentally, physically, physically prepare. Get your food ready. Get rid of all that stuff. So that means this week, go crazy, eat it all. Yeah, junk food. Because Sunday, you're going healthy, right? So get, either give it away, lock it up, or eat it all. But get the food ready. That's just the basics because people don't think about this. And then Sunday comes around, and you're like getting, you know, cravings for stuff, and that shouldn't be around. So get rid of all the old stuff. Shop for some of the new stuff. And then work on some of those meal plans. Work on some of those recipes. Have, have stuff ready so that you know where you're going with that. That's just kind of the, the physical side of it. Another thing is to prepare for it. Um, or another thing to prepare, sorry, is to commit to it. Mentally, you have to commit. I think you need to set your mind and your heart on, I'm going to go seven days. Don't walk into it and go, well, I guess I'll try on Sunday and we'll see what happens. God's going, what, what kind of commitment is that, right? I mean, I always see couples dating and it's the same thing. Like, oh, I've been dating this guy for like two years. Oh, where's it going? Oh, I don't know. I want to get married. Oh, what about him? I don't know. I'm just taking it day to day. We'll see what happens, right? And then another year goes by and the, and the girl's going, I'm ready to get married already. I'm looking for the commitment. The guy's like, I'm just taking it day to day. We'll see what happens. And pretty soon what happens? The girl's out of there, right? Why? No commitment. If it doesn't work with dating, it doesn't work in fasting. That's my theory anyway. Is it? <laughs> if you can't commit to the Lord and say, God, I'm going for seven days. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to hold on for you. I want you to change me. Then, then don't bother playing around with it. Does that, does that make sense? I'm just thinking if we're going to do something for God, let's, let's be real about it. Let's get accountable. So commit your mind to it. The length of time, what the fast is, if it's a partial fast, if you've got medical problems or conditions why you can't go on the same, then adjust it, but just be sure of what you're going to do. Commit to whatever it is that you're going to do and then make sure that you do that. So commitment is a part of it. The other thing is you can do research. If you're like me, you like to find out what you're getting yourself into. I'm all about checking stuff out ahead of time, you know? So research it. Look at all the verses in the Bible where fasting occurs. Do an in-depth study. Go to the ultimatedanielfast.com. Every question is gonna be answered that you have regarding fasting. Do research. Here's another thing before you get into the fast, which would be this week up until Sunday. Pray for what your focal points are. Number one, hope in the world. What does that mean to you as an individual? Hope in the world. Other people would find Jesus. Yeah, but who does God want you to specifically be praying for? Oh, oh, my mom. Oh, maybe it's my, my, my sister-in-law. Oh, maybe it's that coworker. Maybe it's the whole class of kids that I teach at school or, you know, whatever it is. Pray so that when you go into the fast, you know what you're praying for, right? Be focused on that. So pray, who are you trying to reach for God? And the other thing is, what's the breakthrough? What's the thing that a few minutes ago you raised your hand and said, I'm hurting in this area. I need God to move in my life in this area. Pray, identify those focal points, ask God. The other thing before you get into to fasting and praying, confess and repent. Get rid of all the junk stuff that, that you can identify in your life so that God can pour into you all the clean living water of the Holy Spirit, amen? When you go to prayer this week, be praying, God, what's the stuff that I need to get out of the way? 
What about that stink attitude you have, Carl, towards that person? Oh, God, I repent, I confess. Get that out of the way because I need to receive more of you. So that's one thing we can do before. During the fast, what can you do? First thing I think you need to remember is have the right spirit. Be humble. Don't be legalistic. Don't be hypocritical. Don't be prideful. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 16. And when you fast, because I know you're going to be doing it, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. You know what he's saying is people that try to look all holy and we walk around like, oh man, I'm so hungry, I haven't eaten. Oh, what's the matter, you want something to eat? I can't because I'm fasting. (laughs) I know, I'm holy, I know you want to be like me. Right, and that's what he's saying is don't try to be all hypocritical and think you're so holier than thou. And, and he goes, don't try to look all disheveled and like, I'm fasting, I am holy and pious. But he says this right here. He goes, so people will admire you for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward that you're ever gonna get. If people think you're so holy, when boom, there's your reward, but you're not getting anything from me. How do I know he, he says that? Because look at the next verse. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. He'll reward you if you do it with a humble spirit and the right attitude. So during the fasting, have the right spirit. Here's the second thing, dig in. Remember why you're fasting? It's so that you can dig in and be a super seeker of God. You're fasting only because it's accompanying with prayer. So that means when you're fasting, pray like you've never prayed before. Don't just pray your normal times in the morning, at night, or whatever. You go out of your way to be praying all day long. And when you feel hungry, God, I hunger for you. And you pray even harder. Dig into your Bible like you've never dug into your Bible before. Let God speak to you. Go to church. Go to mini church. Go to Bible study. Listen to podcasts. Listen to worship music. Get into the things of God. Dig. Because the reason you're fasting is because you're trying to dig. You're trying to, to press in. So that means you've got to change your habits. You've got to go next level if you expect God to move in your life. One of my friends said this. He's going through a hard time. And he goes, you know, right now when I go into this fast, I just want to overdose on Jesus. I want to get so much more of him than I normally do because that's the only way he's going to help me with this issue that I'm going through because it hurts bad. And if you're like him and you're going through something, overdose on Jesus, dig deep. Here's a, the other thing I got for you and during the fast, be expectant. Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he does reward those who earnestly seek him. See, you want to be so expectant that you're not missing out on anything. Because God might speak in that still small voice, but you want to be looking for him. You want to be expecting God's going God's to come through. He's going to speak to me because I'm expecting, I'm looking for him. So that when maybe he didn't speak real loud, you caught it anyway because you're listening because you're expecting, you're looking around for him. So be expectant. God wants to meet you. And then the last thing about during the fast is make sure you receive all that God gives you. Because I guarantee you when you draw near to God, scripture says he'll draw near to you. So that means you can expect he's going to be speaking to you. He's gonna do something in your life. So when he starts to do something and he starts to change you or speak to you, make sure you receive it. Make sure as, like I I put down, there's gonna be new stuff you're learning because you're gonna be heightened awareness spiritually of what God's trying to do. He might try to give you boldness, like to say, I'm gonna empower you to now go speak up to your friends. And you go, whoa, that's cool, he's giving me boldness. Well, what I'm saying is receive that, go practice that, go use that. I receive that boldness. If God just randomly makes you feel like praising him, then you praise him. If you're like a back row dweller and God says, get to the front row because you've been fasting and he's been going, you need to do this, then you get to the front row. You raise your hands. You do whatever you need to do. I'm saying is if God's gonna give you something, you better be really willing to receive it. Otherwise, there's no life change, right? So we gotta receive it. So we're listening to the Holy Spirit in our worship and going to church and, and 
What if God calls you and he does something in your life like he did to me driving the other day while I'm driving? It gives you a love for the lost or a love for someone and you feel like weeping. Scripture says come to him with weeping and fasting and mourning. If he makes you feel like crying, I would tell you this. Receive what's, what's going on in you right there and go ahead and bawl like a little girl, right? I'm driving to work. Oh, God, I love the lost. And I got to preach well. And I'm like crying, but luckily my shades are on and the tinted windows. But if God comes upon you and he moves you, let it happen. Just receive whatever he's got for you. And then afterwards, here, here's what you can do afterwards. Celebrate, praise, and thank God with a good meal. On Easter Sunday, you go ahead and eat and you feast and you celebrate. Do you know that even every time we eat, we're supposed to consider it an opportunity to give thanksgiving to God? Paul actually said that. So that every single time we eat, there's an opportunity for us to worship God. Did you know that? That's why we pray over every meal. It's another opportunity to say, thank you God for providing this for me, I worship you. But on that last day, you grind, you have a good time. It says in, in Luke and in Revelation that when we get to heaven, that you know what God describes it like? as all of us Christians feasting with him at his banqueting table. So many times in scripture, it talks about food as a time to celebrate, celebrate, a time of victory, a time of breakthrough. So when we break our fast, we're gonna be eating on that Sunday and we're gonna celebrate and we're gonna thank the Lord. God, you showed me all this during this past week. You helped me get through it, make my commitment to you. And God, I'm hungry right now and I'm gonna celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus, and we're gonna grind. Does that sound good? So one of the things you do afterwards, go ahead and eat, celebrate. But then make sure the other thing you do is that you obey and you apply what God has shown you. Don't just be like all about, that was such a great experience. God wants fasting to be a life change, not just a good experience. Fasting isn't just for, I did something holy, I feel good, and now it's over. He wants it to be, he just kicked your life up to the next spiritual level. Now you live there. Now you go out there and you live in that stuff. And that's a, the third thing I have is continue to live at the new levels. If God got you praying more, reading more, listening to the word more, serving him more, stay at that level. Why? Because you're at level one. Fasting kicked you up to level two. Don't go back to level one. Say, allow God to say, God, you got me here. Now I'm gonna operate at this level. I can't wait to try to go to level three. When's that one gonna happen? What's up, up there next? Because the whole goal, goal is that we're from day to day being changed into the glorious image of Christ, right? From glory to glory, we're getting better, we're getting stronger, and our relationship is growing. And then last but not least is, don't forget to give testimony so that others will be encouraged and blessed. It's not enough that God blessed us, but be contagious with it. Go tell people you fasted. Go tell them how good it was. Go tell them of the breakthroughs and the things that God did for you because there's a world out there that needs to know, amen? And we've done something special for you, and I'm gonna end with this, is um, the staff has put together a little... They've come up with a character, I hate to say it. They've come up with a character that is supposed to help us, and I think he does a pretty good job, remind us of what fasting is all about, keep us accountable, give us some little inside tips and tricks on what foods to buy and all of that kind of stuff. And um, you're gonna be seeing more from this character on our emails in the next week or two, um, videos on Vimeo and YouTube, and through Twitter, you can follow him, and Instagram pictures and all of that. We've got a little character we'd like to introduce as Fast Man. You guys ready for Fast Man? Check out the screen and don't blame me. I got really peeved, you know. Uh, we're supposed to be signing up for this fast and, and I just want to be, I want to be the person to keep people accountable. I like to start my day right with one to two servings of fresh whole grains and some fruit juice. It gives me the energy to make sure everyone's held accountable. You know, my family and friends, uh, 
they look at this and, and some people think it's crazy, but others, they see the necessity. If people are wavering on their fast and if someone's about to eat a potato chip, I'll be there. In the name of health and fasting, drop that chip, young woman, and have yourself a tasty juice. Thank you, fast man. If someone's about to put a taco in their mouth, I'll be there. Drop that soda! Drop those morsels! And if you're about to go through the drive-thru, I'll be there. Greasy food is rude. Help me help you. Stock your pantry full of foods that are perfect for the Daniel Fest, which you can find on Hope Chapel's website, www.hopechapel.com. You know, fasting isn't just about whole grains, healthy food, fresh fruit, and water. And come on, a shiny tight suit? No, it's about pairing with the power of prayer to see breakthrough in your life. And I'm waiting to see what God's gonna do. So follow him. We'll leave that up on the screen. Copy that stuff down. Take a picture of it with your phone so you can go look it up. But they got all kind of stuff planned just to remind us the importance of fasting. How many of you guys are, are actually kind of thinking, I might be into this fasting thing. I'm going to do this with my church. This thing is going to be fun. Good. The rest of you guys, too bad. You're not involved. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not forcing anybody because we are not a cult and I'm not going to make you drink the Kool-Aid. We are doing this. <laughs> We're doing this because we want to see God. Amen. So don't feel pressured into it, but man, God's going to do some good stuff. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But anyways, with that, let's just pray and we'll get you out of here this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to get closer to you. We thank you that you developed the tool of fasting, Father God, that you originally had laid it out for your people just as a tool, a way that we could come before you and seek you in a new way and go deeper, Father God, and deny some of the desires of the flesh and really develop a hunger and a thirst for you. And Lord, I pray... But in this fasting time, Lord, us as a church, we would just go next level. Lord, I'm expecting, I guarantee that good stuff is going to happen, like amazing stuff. But we haven't done this together as a church family. I don't know when was the last time, years and years and years. And so, Lord, I look forward to all of the new people that we're going to be praying and fasting for, all those in our lives, Father God, that need to know you. I'm looking forward to the Easter services that are going to be packed house. It's going to be full of people finding you for the very first time. Lord, we cannot wait to see the breakthroughs that you're going to do in us as a church reaching out to our community, but also, God, personal breakthroughs. Because I know, Lord, people are in here in this room right now, and they're hurting, and they're looking for you to come and to respond, and they're seeking you out, Lord. But we're going to go super seeking status, Lord. We're going to go into fasting and prayer like we never have done before, God, and you are going to come through, and you're going to do miracles, and you're going to provide for us, and there's going to be healing, and we just are expectant. We can't wait to see what's going to happen. Lord, bless us as a church as we go into that time coming up on uh, Palm Sunday through right before Easter there um, that week, Lord.